0: hey people people it's time for the capital p and people work podcast where we discuss the intersection of people wellness and the future of work i'm your host gabby lubin ceo and founder of spark this day the platform that makes people first a reality and i'm excited to welcome you to season two this season, we're diving in with experts to go deep on specific topics within people work. What does it really take to run an effective, meaningful team? We'll find out together, and I can't wait to discover what we'll learn today. Before we head in, don't forget to take a listen for our offer at the end of this podcast. We'd love to gift you 60 days on Spark this day, but you have to get to the end of the podcast first. Let's get into it. Yeah? Today, I'm joined by Ryan Landau, who is the CEO and founder of Purpose Jobs, something that he created when he was traveling around the world. He set out to create a platform that empowers people to find jobs they will love, a platform that's centered around people, community, education, and culture. And their goal is to create a business that does something important and meaningful in the world. All right, Ryan, I am so excited that you are joining with me today. Um, Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) So, on this podcast, we value both the human and your accomplishments. So, before we do anything else, I'd love to hear, Ryan, who are you as a human?
1: Ooh, who who am I as a human? Good question. I'm going to answer it the way that I think about my like yearly goals. Um, And so there's, I think there's like four important pillars to me is like one is I would say like health uh, and this is an order of priority, by the way. So health and I, and I think about that as from like a mental and physical health. And so I always try to set goals around that. Then comes my family and friends, Um, obviously family a little bit higher in in, in that ranking there, but uh, I purposely put my health in, in front of that just because if I'm not healthy, like I'm not able to take care of the people that I love the the best, um, then work. And then also like to do a lot of like community involvement things. So those are like the four main things that I think about, again, happy to dig into any of them, but I've never answered a question that way, but that's how I would articulate the things that I think about from a, <laughs> um, from a, a day-to-day and year-to-year perspective.
0: That's awesome. You were, you had very tangible, um, answers to that already, which is really interesting. It sounds like you you do a lot of introspective work to really come to those conclusions. Is, did you say you do this on the yearly kind of cycle?
1: Yeah. So I used to, I guess, a bit of history about it. Um, I, I so One of the things I really try to do is have a balanced life, but I can tell you it's all out of wax, uh, all, all out of uh, crazy whack uh, these days, having like a newborn and stuff like that. But like I'm comfortable with that. But I would say for like the last six or seven years, um, I set goals. uh, And I typically well I used to have like 10 pillars. uh, And now I boil it down to like four important pillars in my life. I set goals for those I check in on a quarterly basis, literally with myself, I have a cup of coffee, and it's about a four minute check in. uh, And like, how are we doing? What's pacing? What's behind? Where are we feeling off balance and, and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. It's really easy as a founder to only do that work for your business and not do it for the rest of your life. So really awesome that you're modeling it in all different components of your life. Plus I would also like double click on the fact that you have four versus 10 pillars. It's really hard to juggle 10 things. It's easier to juggle four.
1: (laughs) Totally. I think you can just go way deeper onto a few things rather than just like spreading yourself thin, um, across, across many.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, before we dig deeper into uh, the topic of today, which I think will Mm be around the topic of purpose, as we're talking to the founder of Purpose Jobs, um, I wanted to ask what your capital P uh, of people work was today. So what P word would you use to describe how you think about people work in this moment? And maybe it's the same word. Maybe it's purpose. That's okay. Maybe it's something different.
1: Yeah, I don't wanna be cliche, but I'm gonna go back to purpose because I think people, when they're looking for a job or just in general life, they're they're looking to do something like on a deeper meaning. Um, And so it's not just about the paycheck anymore. And so I think people wanna feel that sense of purpose, which I think is just like incredibly important. And we can define together like what purpose actually means, but um, I'm not sure if that's cliche or not to use the word, but I'm gonna go with purpose.
0: No, I think that's great. You're living your work in in real life. I think that's a fantastic way to bring the purpose of your job into (laughs) reality. So um, I do want to define purpose. But before we do that, I want the listeners to really understand how you got to where you are today. Why do you have a company that is called Purpose Jobs and what does it do? Before we go into that, how did you get yourself into this position.
1: <laughs> uh, good, good question. So, originally from Michigan, graduated Michigan State University. When I graduated. I really want to work work in the city of Detroit, but there was literally no opportunities. And so this is 10, 15 years ago, ended up moving to Washington, D.C. as a federal consultant. I thought that was like super cool because the title was federal consultant. Um, I'm sure it was great for a lot of people, just not the right position for me. But like uh, Washington, D.C. was super fun place to be after college. Uh, And then about, yeah, 10 years ago, heard what Dan Gilbert was doing with, you know, revitalizing in Detroit and stuff like that. And so I was like, I have no idea what I want to do. I ended up moving back, joining one of his portfolio companies, being part of that for about five years. Uh, after that, started Purpose Jobs. And Purpose Jobs initially um, was a recruiting site to help revitalize the city of Detroit. But what we noticed about Detroit had a lot of similar attributes to what's happening in Columbus, Indianapolis, St. Louis and stuff like that. And so our goal about six, seven years ago when we started the business was like, how can we uplift the Midwest in the middle of the country? Because we thought that more people were gonna wanna build more companies besides just New York and San Francisco, then this thing called COVID happened. Uh, again, regardless of Purpose Jobs, I think it's been incredibly helpful for uplifting more places and just democratizing opportunities. And so today, where we sit, is Purpose Jobs is the largest startup and tech community um, in the Midwest. So we're trying to bring more opportunities to more people, and then also trying to make that connection um, on a deeper level. So how do you match someone with a job that's not just compensation, location, skill set, but also um, you know values-based and uh, mission-based, and, and a few other things.
0: I popped onto the website before and kind of poked around to see what was out there. And it was really, really interesting to see um, the amount of information that each company shares about what they're actually providing to the people. It goes way further beyond what I've seen on other um, job boards, um, just of like, this is, the company, this is a job that you'll do, but instead it goes and to say like, Hey, here's some of the benefits you're going to get. Here's kind of why you would want to work here. Here are um, kind of like our values essentially and how we're, we're working to make those uh, come alive. Why, why, why did all that kind of, how did that come about?
1: Yeah. In a really basic way, we run a job board or a recruiting site, a very similar way in which you would run like a dating app. And so like, yes, there's like initial attributes that are important when you're looking for a job, compensation, location, set, like all of that stuff that I mentioned, but there's also like some deeper things is this company value Work-life balance. Does this company value um, diversity of thought and things like that? And so, the way that we make these matches is both companies and individuals fill out profiles, and we make suggestions, recommendations based on those attributes.
0: Love it. We love a good dating app experiences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Us millennials have moved into that being more of the norm, and we want to see that in other parts of our lives. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Um. So let's let's go back a little bit and define purpose. Um, I, I'd love to hear it from, from your ears and brain, I guess, because you've spent a lot of time thinking about this and using this word a lot. So what, what do you think the definition of purpose is?
1: I think people wanna feel like they're doing something more beyond just a paycheck. Um, and I don't mean to make it so simple, But like I think if you think about, you know, 40 years ago when people were working, they're like, hey, I work to get paid, and then that is it. Um, now I think people are working because they want, and obviously you need the money to help support, live, day-to-day, and stuff like that. But I think people also want to work for an organization where they feel like they're making a difference. The difference could be for the environment, the difference could be for their customers. There's not a right way to make a difference. Um, but people just want to feel connected at deep, uh, a deeper level. And so I think from a purpose standpoint, it's like, right, we all only have 24 hours in the day, we only have X amount of years in our life. And it's like, when we look back, how are we going to feel like we did something that mattered?
0: Yeah. And a lot of there's been a lot of change from the pandemic in us deciding like what purpose actually means to us. What have you noticed um, has changed pre-pandemic versus where we are today and how people are searching for those jobs?
1: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that we've seen flip-flop, so we survey our talent community on somewhat on a quarterly basis, but sometimes more frequently, asking what's more important to them, um, what's important to them. And typically, one of the top attributes has always been compensation. That's always been an obvious one. I need to work for a company where financially I am comfortable. So like that is no surprise, always at the top of the list. What has recently over the last six to 18 months taken over compensation. So not equal to compensation or right below. I just want to be clear with my words, has taken over compensation um, is work-life balance. And so job seekers are wanting to work for companies where they can work, but also have a life outside of work too. And so that doesn't diminish the compensation point, like still needs to be there. But I think it was something around... 68, 69% of job seekers were like, this is an important attribute to me, where it was about 61% of job seekers were like, compensation is important to me. And so uh, I have found that to be incredibly interesting um, post, I don't even call it post pandemic, just where we are
0: in the world today. Yeah, that's fascinating. And I I think most of the time we zoom in on Gen Z and sometimes millennials for making those shifts specifically and and, and seeking jobs with more work-life balance. But I would go as far to say that your um, talent pool is probably not just those two generations, right? This is multi-generational people who are looking for this in their lives
1: definitely multi-generational. It's not just like one le- level of experience because I, I think look at people, wherever you are in your career, like people want to feel a sense of purpose. People want to feel like they're doing something that matters.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So interesting because um, I remember rebuilds in the purpose space, mental health, work-life balance, helping people achieve that also companies achieve that. Back when I was building in the earlier stages, we're just about three years in now, I had gotten some people who suggested that I should be a nonprofit. Okay, if you're doing good for the world, you should probably only be a nonprofit to make that happen. And I really pushed back against that. Yes, it was a certain generation sharing that information with me. It was probably it was not the millennial generation, I'll say. Um, but I pushed back saying, like, hey, no, it is possible to do good in business and be for profit. And in fact, we kind of need that in the world to push beyond what we thought as traditional ways of setting up entities and companies. So I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Have you seen any changes in, in how companies are kind of structuring and, and selling what they provide to employees?
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. So I think from like a business entity standpoint, right? Different businesses exist for different reasons, but I think there's been leaders um, the first company that came to mind, as you said, uh, is someone like Patagonia, right. They do hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars, um, in revenue, but also at the same time, um, I think their mission is to like save the planet. Um, and so they do an incredible job of balancing both of those. And I think it's actually like a flywheel, like their customers care about that too. They've built brand affinity. Um, and for me, it's like, I actually don't even care what Patagonia sells because I, I appreciate their brand so much. It's just like if they're selling it, I'm buying it. And so I think companies are thinking about how do they build a loyal audience? And I think part of that is standing up for something. So in Patagonia's case, it's the environment, but in other cases, it can be other important things to the world. So so I think there's a real flywheel effect of like building community um, and also doing well from from a business
0: standpoint. Do you think companies made the shift because employees, push them to do that? Or was there some other change that happened to make more companies want to have a larger purpose?
1: I don't know what has made the shift, but I I think what will continue to push this initiative forward is just simple like revenue and profit. And I wish there was like a sexier answer than that. But I think at the end of the day, if you want a theme to sustain and be around for a while there has to be like a really clear business sense and ROI. And I think more and more businesses are just like, Hey, let me try it out. Let me invest some dollars, see how it works. Um, and from there, let's see like the business case. I mean, look, look at, I'll just use us as an example. We're we're a tiny business. Our paid marketing strategy is, Zero dollars like we uh, are, are able to drive awesome candidates to our companies all through building community events, content and stuff like that. so yes, we are doing good in the world, but like I'm very comfortable saying when I look at like our balance sheet of p l like it's also good business to do it
0: that's awesome that's really great, huh how um kind of like, since you touched on your team here, let's talk a little bit about your team and how you build some of that purpose within your team. Um, how many people are within it? Like eight, 10, is that how much, how big it is?
1: Yeah, no, we're, we're tiny. There are six full time and then four, um, contractors on the team.
0: Amazing. So how do you help bring purpose within that tiny team? How do you support them?
1: I don't know if I bring it, I think just through our interview process. I really just try to like extract out of like, what's important to someone um, when they join a company. And, and and we're just, we just have like an honest conversation. It's like, what's important for you and this is here at Purpose Jobs or it's not. And so let's use an example. When I talk to someone and they're like, hey, I love working at a company where the playbook is already written and I will execute on that. I'm like, that's awesome. Um, but that is not us. We are a tiny, less than 10 person team. And like, it's all about just being proactive rather than reactive. And so it, it's all about the match. So I, I don't think I purposefully like instill anything in anyone I think I'm just finding and, and try to find And of course there's been bad matches and bad fits before try to find the people where it's like values values and values line up with our values um, that doesn't mean we need to agree on all of the same thing but we're all coming from the same
0: place totally I think that's so important and um, allows allows you all to run like a little bit faster when your values are aligned for sure, but um, you just kind of come from a common space of understanding of of w- why you're coming to the table, right? Um, yeah, that's beautiful. I wonder, I'm sure you have a lot that you could share with um, other smaller companies about how that that actually looks. But my question to you is, <laughs> how have you seen purpose? being motivating for folks?
1: P- purpose as in like our company or just like general purpose in general?
0: Let's do both.
1: Uh-huh. Um, I-, I think going back just to the first answer for a second or the first thought is that like, again, you can't instill in anyone about like what's important to them. People already have a value set. Our company already has a value set and it's just a finding alignment. Do out of the 10 values that are important, are eight of the values the same to us and to them. And so it's really just uncovering and being honest. And so like during the interview process, when we're interviewing anyone for us or for the other companies, it's just like, let's have like a real effing conversation and like not sell each other. Because one of the things that we find out is that like when we make matches on like a deeper level and yes, it takes more time um, within our community. um, When we place someone at that company, 93% of the time they're at that job for more than two years. And so we are thinking about hiring numbers but the the metric that we kind of actually hang our hat on and I know that might sound funny as a recruiting company we we hang our hat on uh, as actually retention numbers.
0: Hmm, that is funny. But I think that makes a lot of sense. You want people to find a lot of value in the time that they're spending with you. And even if they don't come back to the job site, they will refer other people. And at this point, at this economic climate, I'm sure it's not challenging to find more people to join the, the job board. How, how are you, how are you finding um, the change and layoffs right now on purpose jobs how has that shifted if at all
1: yeah I, i think um if you look at the last 18 months i think there's been an exact flip from a supply and demand perspective um you know companies 18 months ago were hiring and literally people offering a car as a signing bonus just to like join the team um and now like look at from supply and demand, it's completely inversed, meaning uh, there's a ton of supply, also known as people, um, and less companies demand that are hiring. And so I think from that perspective, the world is um, a lot different. We partner with other job boards. One of the biggest job boards out there um, that we recently had a conversation with, um, there used to be a one in five ratio, meaning for one job posting, there was five individuals looking for a job. I think right now the latest that they told me, and this is one of the biggest recruiting sites in the world, is that it's about a one to forty-seven. So for one job posting, there's forty-seven job seekers out there, and so I think um, the world has definitely flipped in the last eighteen months. Again, I think there will be a balance, uh, balancing of that in the next eighteen months.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I would agree with that too. I there's got to be a there's going to be an end in sight here, but that's interesting to hear this, those specific numbers. I've talked with a lot of other people about um, the changes and ebbs and folds that have been happening in the last few months with um, the economic downturn and, you know, we're feeling and seeing and hearing a lot of it happening in the tech industry is it's bleeding a little bit into some other industries, um, but it does sound like there is kind of this energy that's persisting overall on the job boards. How, other than like being for companies in the Midwest, how are you comparing like what's occurring and happening on your job boards um, versus with the other ones?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that we look at is actually from a layoff perspective, like uh, just nationally, like where are these layoffs happening in the Midwest versus like other places we've seen I think the number is up to 200,000 people have been laid off this year, specifically in the tech industry across the country. Um, 200,000 is a lot of people, um, and like, where are those happening? Majority of those comp- uh, majority of those layoffs are happening um, on coastal cities, and 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 why is that? Is I think there's a good story and a bad story about the Midwest here. I think the good story is that companies. Have had to build in a more thoughtful way. And so a lot of the companies in the Midwest aren't these like rocket ships where it's like grow at all costs. The reason they're not grow at all costs and they've had to be very focused on profits, which are also equaling to like the more profit you have, the less people you lay off, is because there's also been there's a correlation to the available capital. There's less capital available in the middle of the country than there is in coastal cities. So like I think. It's, it's a double edged sword for the Midwest, meaning like it's a really good thing. The Midwest is building more sustainable companies, um, but at the same time, there's less capital available for Midwest companies. I do think that will shift and change, and there will be more capital available. And I also think that companies will continue to build thoughtful in the Midwest. So I think there's actually like a, a perfect storm um, in, in a good way that's going to happen for the Midwest startup and tech ecosystem. But like th- that's kind of what we're seeing out there right now.
0: Sounds like you shared a really Sneaky secret with uh, the world, where we're trying to grab people from the coast and bring them um, talent at least internally. Um, that's fascinating. Do you think that? Um, do you think that's going to change drastically in the next few months, where um, these midwestern tech companies will start to have a little bit more, I don't know, gravitas in comparison to the coast, or? What do you see is going to happen the next few months?
1: Yeah, I, I do think there will be a little bit of a not as dramatic like layoff scene as there is right now in Q1 of, of 2023. So I think things will will settle down. But I, I don't think we're ever going back to where we were. And so I think from a coastal city perspective, um, look at it's not all just about jobs. You also have to think about like cost of living. It's so expensive to live in New York and San Francisco and stuff like that. And so I think people are thinking about, all right, if salaries are a bit net neutral across the country, of course, there's some up and down depending on the specific location of the company. Um, But if, if salaries are somewhat similar, why not rent a or buy a house in Detroit where we're physically sitting today than like buying a house or, or renting a place in, in New York, which is just like astronomically more expensive. And so I think I, I do think that there will be more people distributing throughout the country rather than just in these metro hubs. I don't think that New York or uh, San Francisco is going away at all, but I just do think that there's going to be more and more people that are going to be up for moving or getting a pied-a-terre in like the middle of the country.
0: Yeah. I mean, even myself, I was having this conversation um, with my partner the other day, but we have the ability because remote and hybrid, whatever flexible work exists, we have the ability to really be able to choose the company that we want to work for versus the location that we feel that we need to be in. Right. So I think I I completely agree with you. I think hopefully swinging back into this direction post layoffs of being able to reprioritize what is important to us as human beings who are in the workforce and really just us as human beings in general. Um, There is going to be a job out there or we can hope to create that job essentially of where we want to live, how we want to live and who we want to work with essentially which is just a really awesome space to be in. And I I really am excited about that energy that will start to to shift towards soon.
1: Yeah. Same, same page.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So I think we we've talked a little bit about where we're heading in the next few months. Let's talk about the future future for a second here. Where do you think purpose will exist in say 10 years from now in the workplace? Oof,
1: our company. Ah, uh, yeah, I think where we're going is so we started in Detroit um, from a location standpoint. We're now in multiple cities across the Midwest. We are trying to think about from a location standpoint how we can be more location agnostic. So, being in more cities, but also really supporting the remote culture, which isn't going anywhere. Um, and then, I would say, from a skill set perspective, we are very focused on working with startup and tech companies. Um, however, from an industry perspective, we're, we're going to be trying to work with more industries because now. I would say like a lot of companies, even though they might not think it, they're tech companies, you know, pharmaceutical companies are hiring engineers. Uh, Automotive companies are obviously hiring engineers and stuff like that. And so we are gonna be thinking about how do we be more industry agnostic and uh, location agnostic.
0: That's great. But still focusing on the Midwest energy.
1: Uh, I think Midwest core, I I, I don't think those attributes in that feeling will go anywhere
0: yeah so what are your feelings on because i'm sitting in chicago what are your feelings on chicago versus other parts of the midwest because i do think there is a slightly (laughs) different there's they're different as a early stage founder there are different supports that exist in chicago than do in some other midwestern states so we'd love to hear about that and feel free to get as juicy as you want to get about this topic (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, no,
1: I, I don't. I, I don't have too many feelings. Besides, I think uh, I think Chicago has uh, done a great job representing for the the Midwest. Um, you know, I'm not there, so it's hard for me to give like the the local kind of what's going <laughs> feeling, what's going on there. But look at it's the biggest Midwest city from a startup and tech perspective. So. I think it's been great. I mean, I hope it continues to to grow in that kind of feeling of like rise of the rest. I hope it helps continue to to rise the the rest of the Midwest. So you'll have more insights on the the insights and the juiciness of, of Chicago, but like I hope it continues to be successful with, <laughs> with with other Midwest
0: cities. Yeah, there's um there's a lot of support that's provided at this stage, and um it's interesting to see the lack of support that exists kind of in the series A and B on stage because there's just isn't enough, I don't know, capital here yet. There isn't enough experience here necessarily in companies that have built uh, huge successful um, spaces. So anyway, very interesting. So, Let's do a little bit of future thinking, not just about purpose jobs, but about where the future of the workplace is going. So do you have some hot takes for us, Ryan, on on where you think jobs and the job market might go in the next 10 years also?
1: Yep, I think um, during COVID, there was a big shift from all in office um, to remote culture. I think the remote remote culture is not going anywhere, but if I had to take a guess, I actually think it's going to shift somewhere back into the middle where hybrid is going to be more of the normal. So that's one. I think more job seekers specifically that have tech experience are going to go to like other industries, not just the traditional startup and tech companies. Um, and I think, I don't think this is a trend, but like, I think this is just a thing that's happening is, you know, finding purpose, finding a deeper meaning um, in the company that you work for. And so I think job seekers are going to be demanding it. I think employers are going to be sharing those stories more because it's not just a good feeling. It's helping attract the best type of talent because the best type of talent is looking
0: for that. Yes. Plus one on that last one. I'm so excited to see where the energy takes us. I hope we're going to build both more sustainable and um, intentional businesses, which will be really interesting to see how that shifts the world and U.S. economics.
1: Yeah, I it's a good question. I think companies will be more thoughtful and sustainable about their growth in the next 24 months based on all of the layoffs that are going on i do have a question in the back of my head do people have amnesia and in like five or six years from now are we just in a cycle where people are just going to be like hell yeah let's spend a bunch of money party and do all the fun things that we did (laughs) that got us to this place again so i uh it's hard to know whether where we are in this cycle, um, but uh, Gabby, we'll, we'll be watching together.
0: We will. Um, I agree with you. I think that's where we're headed, unfortunately, but there'll be some businesses that learn. So we'll see which ones learn and we'll see which ones don't yeah. learn. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Ryan, this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If folks are interested in learning more about purpose jobs or connecting with you, where can they find both?
1: Yeah. Um, so, uh, you can obviously visit our, our general website, which is purpose.jobs. Um, and then also if you want to get in contact with me, super easy. My email address is Ryan at purpose.jobs. So, uh, I read all of my emails, try to respond to them as quick as I humanly possible can. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, appreciate you, you having me.
0: Yes, of course, Ryan. And we're all wishing you lots of good rest with your newborn. So rest up, enjoy, and thank you for being here with us today.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Cool. That was a fabulous conversation, fam. I'm so glad that you joined us all the way through. Before you head out, make sure to consider, what's one takeaway that I can implement this month? There's always something. If you're wondering what it takes to be people first, take a look at sparkthisday.com or hop over to sparkthisday.com slash design partner to experience what Spark This Day has to offer. We look forward to joining you on another Capital P and People Work episode soon. Episodes come out every Tuesday and Thursday. And of course, don't forget to share this episode with your favorite people. people. We'll see you soon.